Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use a code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. Hi, this is Tiana Tuttle and you're listening to Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Hollywood actress Tiana Tuttle. Now, Tiana was raised in San Jose, but now living in LA. Her latest film, Fear Farm, which is an amazing film. Everybody go out there and watch it. It's a great movie. Comedy and horror film. Tiana plays the lead role of Melanie. Uh, lots of action, lots of excitement. Now, it's only been recent that they have announced a Fear Farm 2. Now, she's also featured in Psycho BFF and The Final Level. She's also been in a comedy, beauty, brains, and personality. Now, she's also featured in a film clip, Mummy, music video, all the way down. Now, Tiana is an amazing talent, and she has an extremely bright future ahead of her. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Tell Craig Your Story at podbean.com. We are on all the social medias and we have a WeChat for our Chinese listeners and VK for our Russian listeners at Tell Craig Your Story. We also have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Malvina Things. You go to their website, www.malvinathings.com. All right, here we go. This is my chat with Tiana Tuttle on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi, Tiana. How are you going today? I'm good. How are you, Craig? Good, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're an extremely busy girl. Movies and 
and, and whatnot. So I do appreciate it. So what time is it now in in LA? Around six, five, six. Yeah, five? around six PM on yeah, right. <laughs> right. Excellent. So first off, how's everything going in this period, like the pandemic? Are you and your family staying safe? Have you had to cancel anything? You know, and, and how have you adapted? Gosh, um, well, thankfully, all of my family and friends have stayed safe. And um, I mean, as far as acting goes, I've been really, really lucky to have a really awesome movie come out just um, this year, which was Fear Farm. And that has been taking us some of my time. I've been doing some press for that. And that's been great. But otherwise, the auditions, I've been doing auditions via self-tape, but there's not as much out there as usual. So yes. I have got anything new going in that regard but I do have a short film that I'm working on with a friend that we're producing and um, you know making ourselves and that we're going to film in December so I will be doing one thing this year which I'm really excited about Um, but you know it's a self-made kind of thing right and how will you do that like as it slowly sort of are you allowed to go in and start going into the you know and filming it or are they Um, restricted Yeah, no, I mean, it's just with extra precautions have to be in place. And for this particular thing that we're going to be doing, it's going to be such a small crew and a small cast. Basically, if it's under 15 or 10 people, it's you don't have to have a COVID um, officer on set, which is something that they are doing right now on bigger sets is there's a it's I don't know if it's called a COVID officer, but it's somebody who has been trained to make sure that everybody is sanitizing everything, wearing their masks, somebody who's keeping everyone in check, you know? And for us, because we're doing such a small shoot, we don't have to have that, but obviously we still have to keep things sanitized. I'll wear our masks when we're not like actually on set, like, you know, on camera and just take those extra precautions. Right. And in terms of, you know, being based now in LA, all I see in LA at the moment on on the news, which is a shame because um, I see a lot of bad things, but... Is everything okay over there? I mean, things are fine. The fires have obviously been a really big deal. Um, Those have calmed down a bit. I mean, there's there's still some stuff going on, but the sky is not completely smoky anymore. I know you guys over in Australia were dealing with that. So you understand what we were going through over here. And it wasn't even nearly as bad here as it was, say, for my parents in the Bay Area, actually. They were having, um, way before us too, in August, they were having just smoke-filled skies, ash on the cars, like raining ash all over the place. It was really, really crazy. And, and you know, it's it's not over, but, yeah. um, but it's definitely a lot better down here now than it was. And, um, and yeah, and otherwise, you know, We've got protests and things still going. Nothing is as um, intense as it was, say, back in June, as far as um, that that goes. But I mean, it's it's important. It's important for everyone to speak up, and you know, to and I I did a I did one protest myself. Um, I I did the one on the weekend of Gay Pride, um, which was all Black Lives Matter, and that was a really special one to go to. It was really big. Everyone was being really safe, though. You know, they had hand sanitizer everywhere. Everyone was actually pretty distanced. And actually, my friend Kennedy, who I went with, um, she had been to a bunch of protests previously and said it was one of the most like 
distanced protest, even though there were so many people that she had seen. And um, it was a really moving, amazing experience. Yeah, that's, that's great to see. We only see the bad things at the moment, like on the news, and, and it's good to hear people that are actually living there and, and getting their opinions and telling the actual the truth, you know, what's really yeah. happening. So I would love to come back there as soon as possible uh, when, when you, you know, the borders open up and, and, yeah. and do some more because it's a huge place. So, yeah. so you were talking previously about the new release uh, of your movie and – I think uh, uh, looking at our messages and emails, I actually asked you in April. <laughs> so it's been a long time coming. So Fear Farm is your new film. It came out, was it uh, October or was it September? September 15th. It came yeah. out on September 15th, but um, we're still pushing it, of course, because it's perfect for spooky season. So yes, that's right. Definitely, I'm going to keep on posting about it and talking about it until Halloween, and then I'll be like, okay. No. <laughs> so let's go right back to when it first started like how did it all come about was it management was it you that, that found this role and tell us how the procedure of the casting was yeah uh, so my manager constance she got me this audition and this was two years ago i shot this film two years ago uh she so she sent me the audition i saw it and i was so excited because <laughs> the role was described as Ronda Rousey meets Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> and so it was just so obviously like, you know, this very like kind of badass girl, like tough chick kind of thing thing. And that was super fun for me. At that point, I'd been boxing for about two years um, personally in my life. And so I was oh so excited. I can maybe utilize this in this role. How cool. And um, yeah, I went over to um, my manager's place. We self-taped it together because she's also my acting coach. And it was it was really awesome, actually, because I had a really emotional scene that um, I one of the audition scenes was a very emotional one. And I did it and I was feeling good about it. And she knows me really well and was just like, that was good. And if I didn't know you so well, I would say we should send that in. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. She's like, just get in it, whatever you need to do. And then I did it. And then after I did that take, she was like, okay, there we go. Now we can send that in. And I booked off of that one tape. Yeah, right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and then like watching it, it's all action. There's emotions. That So tell us about that. And also, I do believe Emily, uh, the also who was a part of it, She's been in two films with you now. Is that that correct? Mm -hmm. So yeah. was that that just coincidence, or was it, you know? It was um, it was kind of coincidence, kind of um, just who you know. Um, so Dante Yor, who's the director of Fear Farm, actually was the DP on Rancala, the final level, Escaping Rancala, which is the other film that I was in with Emily, and um, he also uh, he was director on that and. They actually had another girl in my role, and she dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. I'm talking about um, Rankala, right. and um, and so he called me and and asked if I would maybe come in and read for it because it would be you know a good type for me, and you know it was kind of a last minute thing. So I 
of course I went and I read for it and it was actually really funny because I had no idea Emily was attached to the film at all. Right. And I came to this casting room and I see her sitting there to be my scene partner, like reading with me and I'm just, oh my God. <laughs> and it was just so cool. And we had so much fun on that set. It was meant to be, right? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And it seemed that you worked very well with her as well in in the film. And like you said, there was lots of like action in there, you know, lots of running, lots you know, I don't want to give too much away, but you know yeah. <laughs> uh, but like in terms of training and sort of preparing for this, how how long did it take you to prepare for this? Well, you said that you had boxing training. Yes, yeah. Thankfully, I had that under my belt um, already and about two years of that. And then when I got the role, I had about a month or so, um, maybe less, that to, in, until I went on set and started shooting it. And during that month, I just I boxed more. I just I, I went like two, three times a week to my boxing coach. And then I went on to set. But it's a, I'd never done my own stunts before. I mean, I'd had never had a movie where I did stunts before. So it was really cool to see the difference between actually boxing, because you know that's when you're you're actually hitting stuff, right? But when in stunts, you have to fall short. You have to make things look like you're hitting it, but it has to be completely safe. And so that was a new challenge in and of itself. And I didn't start training for the actual stunts with the stuntman until the day I got onto set. Right. But trained every single day. The moment I got there, um, I think we started shooting like the next day or so. And the moment I got there, we made a meeting, we started our first stunt training. And every day when I wasn't actually shooting, we were basically training Mario and I. Mario oh. also happened to play the clown, Andy, yes. in the film. So he was the stunt coordinator and the clown. And he wow. was great to work with. Yeah, right. And with the cornfield as well, like I've seen pictures of you, like, you know, when you're not on, uh, when you're not acting, you're just all rugged up. So where right. was this? And, and is this an actual reel? Did they do it just for the film or is it actually, can you go in there and? Oh yeah, it's a real place. It's totally right. a real place. It's a, it's a huge corn maze. I can't remember what year, but there was a year where it won the Guinness Book of World Records for like the largest corn maze in the world. And um, it is in Dixon, which is a, like a little bit outside of Sacramento. Right. Okay. And, um, and they do this every year. I don't know about this year. I mean, I'm sure it's there, but I don't know if it's open. Um, but normally every year you can go to this corn maze and it's not um, actually a haunt the way that um, in the movie <laughs> it was meant to be a haunt, but it is a really tough maze. It's like yes. you can get it lost in there so easily. And once it gets dark, it is so so dark in the corn. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, like pitch black. Yeah, this is like yeah. Totally. Yeah, because that's what like when in the movie, like you start like late in the afternoon. So mm -hmm. when you actually, again, don't want to give it too much away, but when yeah. you go and start going to the maze, it it almost turns into to dark. So um, yeah, yeah, well, it's it's great. And why did it take so long to sort of uh, come out? Was it because of the pre-production? Was it because of COVID that, that sort of stopped the pre-production? Or um, I'm not completely sure why it took so long. I'm honestly glad it did, though, um, yes. because it was able to come out this year when everyone's at home looking for new stuff to watch. Like it okay. kind of worked out in that way. But I think just post-production took um, took a lot longer than. 
than they expected. And also just getting everything set up with distribution the way that they wanted. It took a bit long, which sometimes, you know, the politics of everything just sometimes takes a while. So I'm not completely sure, but either way, I, um, again, I'm glad that it did come out this year because it gives people a new awesome horror film to watch in the <laughs> Halloween season when they're not going out to parties That's because right. there are no parties. So what are you going to do? You're going to watch a movie. That's right. And, and I don't know if it's fake news or anything, but I was reading online that there might actually be like a Fear Farm 2. Is there uh, any I, Is there any rumors or is that just rumors or is that? So that is true. Oh, but it's but if if you've been reading about it, then you know, and in, and it's it 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 exists. So yes, so it it absolutely there is a Fear Farm too, and it's it's really exciting. I think it's going to be really cool, and I don't want to really say much more, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I, I can wink at you, right? Just like yes, uh, yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Exclusive, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can release that after it comes out. <laughs> so speaking of, let, let's go back now to like where you grew up. So I do believe that you grew up in San Jose. Well, so, actually, I grew up in Morgan Hill, which is about a half hour south of San Jose. But I also kind of grew up in San Jose because my family is, um, my, like my extended family is all in San Jose. My mom is Mexican. And um, her whole family, you know, we have a big Mexican family. Everybody like lives, at least when I was little, everyone still lived in the Bay Area, all of her five brothers and sisters. And so I had a bunch of cousins that I grew up around and my grandma and grandpa like still lived in the same house that my mom grew up in. So I spent a lot of my childhood halfway between my grandparents and cousins' houses and my own house in Morgan Hill. All right. So how is your Spanish, by the way? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, it's just the time that I grew up in. And it's my when my mom was growing up, she was growing up in, growing up in the 60s. And my grandparents were of the era of you don't teach your kids Spanish at that time because you want to Americanize your kids. Because it was just the society at that point. So they didn't teach my mom or any of her brothers and sisters Spanish. A lot of them went and learned Spanish later on as adults on their own, but the same thing happened with me as a kid. I grew up around it. I heard it all of the time, but I know my grandma never taught it to me or spoke it to me. I just would hear her speaking to the family in Mexico, and and it was just one of those things. And I always get mad at her. I'm like, Grandma, you should have taught me Spanish. And she's like, Mija, you know. It's like, but it's something that I've been really meaning to get into. I mean, I learned a bit in high school and stuff like that. And I can understand it pretty well because I did grow up around it. But I could do a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the funny thing that I, that I noticed in San Diego is sort of close to the border. I'd go into a shop and they'd go, hola, hello. And then mm -hmm. they'd say the first thing in Spanish first. And then they'd say English. And it's like... Uh, hello, uh, could I get this, 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 and they go, oh, okay, no problem. But uh, yeah, there's a very still Hispanic sort of place. So I wanted to ask, like, were your family in the entertainment industry? Like, is that what the reason why you wanted to get into it? Gosh, no, not at all. My dad's an accountant, and my mom was a jeweler when I was little. And then when my grand, she worked with my grandpa 
who um, owned his own jewelry shop and they worked together as jewelers. And then when he sold the shop, she went and she started working with my dad um, just, you know, as an office clerk, like pay payroll clerk. And so they were not in the entertainment industry at all, like nothing close to it. But I started doing musical theater when I was eight years old, just in my you know, Catholic nice. school plays yeah. and just local stuff. And that's how I just, I just fell in love with it. And I was always such a ham as a kid. I always just wanted <laughs> to perform and just be, I was, I was very out there. I would go out in like these dress up costumes. I remember so vividly this one time when I was a little girl, I went to get ice cream with my dad and I insisted on wearing this full Cruella de Vil costume with like a veil and everything. And I'm like eating my ice cream, like lifting up my veil to, eat my ice cream. <laughs> I was just always like wanting to be these characters ever since I was little. Yeah, right. And with the musical as well, um, are you still singing? Because I also saw on your Instagram that, that you played a bit of the drums as well. Is that true? <laughs> I, I played the drums when I was nine for about a year and a half. And then um, they got put away when we did a remodel. Um, and I just never picked them up again. So I wouldn't say that I played the drums, but I did <laughs> it and was like into it for a bit. And then, you know, as kids do, if you put something away, you just kind of end up doing other things. And I also just was getting more and more into theater at that point. So like my focus was there. Um, and I definitely still sing for myself. I would love to get into a role that sings again at some point. Yeah. Um, because I, I loved musical theater and I actually trained in opera for a little bit um, when wow. I was still in high school and a little bit in college, but I would have to retrain a lot to get back to that level. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be that'd be very interesting, very cool for you. That's that's <laughs> awesome. And when we, when I get back to LA, we're gonna have to have a jam on the drums. I'll play some guitar, <laughs> oh, play some drums, and <laughs> a bit of a jam. So you said before that you you love being in front of the camera, taking photos. So when when did you start to realize that this was something that you you wanted to do as a career? Um, well, I in high school, I I mean I've been doing it since I was eight. Every year I did at least one performance um, from the time I was eight until you know I graduated high school. And at that when I was a senior in high school, I had kind of been in a mindset of oh I don't know what I'll do I should do something safe you know because I by all my teachers and you know responsible adults around me were telling me no acting isn't realistic you should choose something more realistic <laughs> and so I so I thought that way but then I did a play in um, my um, first semester of my senior year in high school and it was called Necessary Targets it's about a refugee camp in Bosnia in the war in the 90s and it was a very like you know, intense play for them to let high schoolers do. I was really surprised that let them do it. And it's totally awesome. And and I did this play. I, I, it was, you know, only six or eight roles. It was a very small cast, all women, because I went to an all-girls Catholic school. So it was, you know, a great, great um, type of, you know, play to do when it's all women. And I got this role of this woman who had been severely traumatized by the war and by seeing a bunch of awful things. And her, she's kind of just crazy the whole time, just like in the background, just like holding her baby, being crazy. And then, you know, you find out near the end that she, like all of the things that had happened to her. And I had this really intense monologue where I, you know, actually lived through my trauma and, and admitted all of these awful things that I had been through. 
And after that show, um, because we did our, our plays at this theater, um, this actual professional theater that was across the street because I went to school in a downtown area. So we used this professional theater. So some people would come in thinking it was just a normal professional show and not just a high schooler show. And I had this random stranger come up to me and tell me that I had moved them, that my performance really made them think about this thing they didn't know about, that it taught them something. And you know, thanked me for that. And at that moment was when I realized I had to be an actress. I was, I was like, I have this ability to show people other walks of life, to, to, to show them things that start a conversation. It would be so awful if I didn't use that. And I also just love it with all of my heart. And so at that point, I decided that that was what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I applied to acting school and I got in and, um, and that's, you know, it's where it started, my dream of actually having a career. And away you went. So yeah. was at that start, did you, were you getting like roles or by yourself or was it management? Like when did you first get management or were you getting roles before you got management? And then how did that all happen? So I actually um, didn't have any sort of representation for a while. And I also, af after college, I took, you know, a moment off to go and travel and do some stuff. And when I did move back to L.A. Let's um, talk about that. Let's talk about that. So you graduated uh, at, at uh, you in Boston? Was it Boston? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I went to two colleges. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in L.A. for two years. And then I transferred over to Emerson in Boston and got my bachelor's there. Right. So that's where I graduated my four year from. Right. And now let's talk about travel, just getting off topic for a little while, because yeah. one of your main headings is uh, traveling obsessed and you've traveled the globe, but I didn't see any photos of Australia. Have you been to Australia? No, I haven't been to Australia yet. Right. It's it's on my list for sure. Um, <laughs> it's a very long list. You know, it's kind of the whole world. So. Yes, that's right. So I've been getting to it. But no, I haven't been to Australia. I would love to go to Australia. Um, I actually had a really close friend that I met in um in france when i was traveling who was australian and we traveled together a lot um after that and she would tell me all about australia and we would talk about it and she, i just it it made me fall in love with it without even having gone and i really want to go but it is such a commitment to go it to us it, it is that's right yes <laughs> it you is just like the flight and the time change and everything and so you really it's not like you can just go for a week to australia that's, whereas that's I, I can go for a week to England because it's it's not that bad. But Australia, you're like, okay, I need like at least three weeks to to go to Australia. You know, <laughs> you do, and and that's the thing when people haven't been here before, the the distance between the cities are quite big as well. So. Oh, yeah. You know, from Perth to Brisbane is like from LA to New York. So it's a huge country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like some people go, oh yeah, I'll I'll drive from Brisbane to Sydney, and it's like mm, you, better, you better get a flight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So do your little things along the way. So yeah, more than welcome to come out here and show you the around. But one thing that I, I saw in one of your travels, and it's so weird because I did exactly the same thing. It was in Bali, Indonesia. Yes. And 
you jumped off the waterfall. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did exactly the same thing uh, two years ago, and you did it three years ago. I do believe. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that same waterfall. Uh, what was it? it? Was it was called the? Um, um, it had a name. It was like a certain secret, the Secret Garden in Bali. Yeah, it was beautiful. It oh was my beautiful. god! And I got drive so up, lucky. drive up the mountain, and just kept going and going. We had a hired car and just. Yeah. Like, when is this? When is this? Yeah, no. end? <laughs> yeah, I got super lucky on that day. It was so cool because the um, my friends I was traveling with they wanted to do something else, and I was like, I need to go to this waterfall. This is the coolest thing ever. I just I love waterfalls and I love water so much. I was like, I have to see this, and so I um, found this tour group on online and like hired this tour guide and it ended up being like nobody else went on this tour that day so it was just me with my own personal guide and we were just we just became buddies and he just took me on this beautiful hike and took me through the waterfalls and just telling me all about you know the plants and the animals it was amazing and i just like okay cool i have my own like private guide today it was the coolest thing yeah i just remember going there and it's like oh come on don't worry and it's like well if you jump first and show me, <laughs> then I'll jump next. And, and, and he went, okay. And it was like it was just something, you know, he does every day. And like, yeah. it's like, wee! And he's like, boing! And it's like, is he going to come so up from, is he going to come up to get some air? <laughs> and he came <laughs> up and he's like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm happy. And it's like, oh, yes. okay, you want to try it? And it's like, all right, let's go. And then, it, yeah. So oh. what a rush, what an experience, eh? <laughs> yeah, seriously, I loved that. I'm I'm a I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so I like love roller coasters. I really want to go skydiving sometime, you know. I so that was totally up my alley. So tell us about about it. You've been everywhere. Like tell us about some of your experiences overseas. Like you've been to France and London and uh, Mexico. Uh, tell us about some of those. Gosh, um, I don't know. I mean, just the world is really amazing and beautiful. Um, gosh, one of my one of my favorite trips actually was in Scotland. I actually with my Australian friend, we who I met in France, we ended up um, going on this trip to Scotland together, um, and it was so amazing. We did six days of hiking across the Isle of Skye. Wow! And it was absolutely breathtaking and like the the thing about like the um the place that we had booked through kind of it, it you know it booked all of the bed and breakfast for us and it gave us all of the guides for the hikes and stuff but these guides these directions for the hikes were absolutely hilarious because it would it felt like I was in Middle Earth because it's like the, the directions would be, okay, so you go, you know, 300 kilometers or whatever and then turn right at the old stone house and don't worry if there is a sheep there or like, you know, like, <laughs> some ridiculous stuff like that. And it was so fun. And it was, and you don't see anybody out there. It was just the two of us. We maybe saw one person one day, like it was, it was breathtaking. And it was one of my favorite trips of all time. And the the scotch was great and the, the seafood the fresh salmon and oh my gosh it was just so awesome now did you need subtitles for the scottish people <laughs> talking or what <laughs> no actually i i was able to understand pretty well yeah that's good that's yeah. good so, sometimes when you watch a scottish film or you watch a, a welsh <laughs> film sometimes yeah. it's like they, they, they've got that real strong accent and it's yeah. like even though I need subtitles for that, buddy, you, you're just talking. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so weird, 
<laughs> with an accent. All right, so let's get back to your management. Uh, your yeah. management. So you said you did get some casting roles without a management? So I only got um, one without management, and that was Beauty Brains and Personality. It was this really cute little comedy that I did, you know, super indie. It's in the festival circuit right now. Yeah. And then um, after that, so my um, my acting class that I'm in, which we call ourselves The Tribe, um, and my coach there, Constance, she also owns her own management company. Right. And she, after me being in class for... Um, I don't know, maybe I'd been in class for about a year or nine months or something like that. She um, she contacted me and said, you know, how would you be interested in becoming one of my clients? Um, I think I would like to represent you. And I was like, absolutely. She's absolutely incredible. She has some really amazing clients, um, such as Sanaya Sidney, who um, had her own series on Fox, The Passage. Shelby Simmons, who is currently um, one of the cast members on Bunked. Um, you know, she's got a, she's got a pretty varied uh repertoire there but um but yeah so she's been managing me ever since um so that, and because she started managing me probably right before fear farm and then right out the gate I, I booked that and um and you know we're we're still working together and you know getting through covid yeah. <laughs> now is this tra- transcend talent management yes yeah that's it that's her company right and how long have they been around obviously they've had they've They've got some name, good names on, on their list now. Yeah, no, so she, it's, um, she actually worked for a different management company when I first signed with her. Right. And then, gosh, maybe about a year in, she broke with them and just started her own company. So her own company is actually pretty young. It's only about a year or so old. But she has been doing this for a long time. Right. And, you know, so, but her company that she is CEO of is, um, is newer. Now, how important is it to have like a, a management that you can rely on? And because I've heard some horror stories <laughs> on this podcast of previous, you know, actors with their management. Uh, so, how why is it important to have such a real good management? You know? I think it's just you know somebody who's on your team. You know, they call yeah. it a team when you have you know your agent, your manager. I currently don't have an agent yet. But when I do, that'll be my, you know, my team or your, and your publicist and all these people that are working for you, with you to achieve your dreams, you know? And I think it's just so important to have people on your side that know the business side of things, that know, that have been around the block, especially when you're starting out like me, you know, I've only been professionally acting for a few years now. I've been doing it for my whole life, basically, but professionally only pretty recently. And there's a lot to learn from people that have been in this for so much longer. And I, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty important, but I mean, you don't need to have it right away because you can obviously book things yes. without management. And, and it's only like, if you really connect with somebody, you know, like that's the thing is that I really connect with Constance. She's incredible. And if I didn't, it wouldn't have made sense for me to sign yes, with her, course. you know? Of course. Absolutely. And coming, you know, you know, you're in LA now. When did you first move there? And was it difficult at first to sort of fit into the LA scene as it would be? Like, you know, it's a, it's a big jump from going from, from Morgan, Morgan? Morgan Hill, yeah. Morgan Hill, yes. <laughs> yeah, so tell us about that, like uh, your first impressions of LA. 
Well, I first moved here, you know, when right out of high school, when I went to the American Academy. But at that point, I did not like LA at all. But I can tell you why. It's because I was living in Hollywood without a car. So Uh, it was like, I couldn't go anywhere. I was stuck within this, you know, few block radius. And so of course I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? This is so not fun. But once I moved away, went to Boston and then came back and visited some of my friends from the academy who had moved, you know, into other neighborhoods, I, I, I came and visited a friend who lived in Echo Park and was like, oh my God, wait, this is actually really cool. This is, I, I could live here. Awesome. And so when I moved back to LA, a few years ago, I moved to Echo Park and uh, and found that East LA was really my vibe. I think that's the thing about LA, it's so fast yes. that you know you really have to find your community, your niche, because different vibes are different people. You know, some people love West Hollywood, some people love Santa Monica and Venice. I'm totally just an East LA girl. I now live in Highland Park and it's super cool. It's you know, it's you know, still family oriented and it's It's not too crazy. I I just, I really like it over here. And you have the San Gabriel Mountains and it's, I think it's pretty beautiful. Lots of hiking, lots of swimming. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love, I love hiking. So yeah, the um, San Gabriel Mountains, it's only like a 40 minute drive. And then you can do all of these hikes at your disposal. And it's just, it's really gorgeous over there. That's great. So let's, let's go through some of the things that you've done and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, 2012, uh, you were part of a, a short film. You got credited for Best Days. <laughs> yeah, it was just a friend's project that I that I did, you know, very, like, I was doing that, you know, when I was in, in college and totally just experimental, like, first time I was, you know, you know, in front of a camera, like, actually, and, you know, just really just a thing between friends. Good experience. And, you know, yeah, no, it was fun, totally, yeah. but... Uh, not not something that I'm gonna recommend anyone <laughs> for my acting abilities at that point. <laughs> oh, you gotta start somewhere, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at, at that point, it was like I was still in school. I was very much just you know trying to get experience. So that's like anything that I did prior to like 2018 was totally just usually school friends or you know just friends of friends projects that I was doing to get experience and just kind of like understand what it was like to sort of be on set. And, you know, they were just things I did for free for fun and, and just, yeah, totally that kind of stuff. So not really, I wouldn't say that I did anything professionally until beauty brains and personality. Right. Right. So what was your actually your first sort of role on screen and do you remember how much you got paid paid for it? I'm always interested to to find out, you know, because some of them are like fifty bucks, twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, are we talking still like school, or are we talking when I professionally? Uh, no, no, in in school, in school, in school, in school? Like, you, like your very very first one that you got a paid role for. Oh gosh, I didn't get. Um a paid role when I was in school. So the only, the first time I ever got a paid role was beauty brains and personality actually. And, um, and so that was three years ago. No, it was like two and a half years ago that I shot that. And, um, that I got paid $2,000 for, um, two weeks of shooting and it was here in based in LA. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it was a comedy. I'd never really done comedy before, so it was super fun for me yeah. to 
get into a totally different kind of role than I had experienced. And do you like, with your own personal watching movies, do you like watching comedies as well? Is that something that you're interested in? Anyone that doesn't like comedies, they're (laughs) going to laugh, right? (laughs) That's right. I love comedies, but the movies that, you know, I really you know, love are definitely more dramatic and I really love period pieces. So like that's, that's kind of my, I, that's my dream is to really be in as many period pieces as possible. I love them so much. That's so cool. That'd be, inter- that'd be really cool to see. So, okay. So uh, 2018 was when you said that it was like professionally. Yeah. So uh, beauty, brains and personality yeah. um, played Jessica yeah. But again, you a bit like Fear Farm. It only just has been released like this year, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not technically released. Like it's out in festivals, but you can't watch it anywhere. It doesn't have distribution, from what I know yet. And you know, and it's definitely like a very silly little indie comedy. You know, you don't expect anything super like crazy big budget, but it was super fun. And like the you know the writing is it's funny. And yeah. and the girls that I worked with were super sweet, and it was it was a fun set to be on. Right. So also in 2018, Shades of Black. Oh yeah, so that tell was. Us, so tell us about this one. That was a little web series that I did. I just did like one episode, like maybe like five minutes. I was on on screen, did this one little scene, um, and I seriously, I didn't even audition for that. I submitted myself with a picture with myself and glasses because the role called for a girl with glasses and they just cast me and I was like, oh, oh okay, sure. <laughs> and so I came in with my glasses and I did my thing and it was just like literally the shortest little thing ever. And it's just a web series that I think you can find on YouTube or something like that. Yeah, right. And then 2019, the final level. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is with, with Emily, and you play the character Ray. Yeah. So tell us about the casting and, and how that all come about. Yeah, so, I mean, as I explained before, um, it was Dante who directed Fear Farm who oh, was right. DPing this, um, this project, and this other girl had dropped out um, of my role, and so he called me up thinking I'd be right for it. I came in and I auditioned with Emily and uh, got the part, and it was a really quick shoot. We shot that in eight days total. It was originally supposed to be six, but um, but then we had to have two pickup days because it, you know, six days is a really short amount of time. Yes, yes. How did they do that? Was it just like because of the short amount of money that they had, or was it just the, just a period that said, okay, let's let's cram it all in? Yeah, I mean, I think you know it was definitely budget related, and also just you know. Just, yeah, see how fast you can make a movie. I don't know. But either way, we did it. And I think, you know, with the amount of time we had, because I also only got that role maybe a week or so before I started shooting, um, because it was last minute, because they had to replace the other girl. So, you know, it was all, like, such a concentrated amount of time. But I think what we ended up making was pretty cool. And it's, like, definitely, like, just a fun, silly, like, family-friendly video game movie, you know? (laughs) That's great. And then last year, you did uh, Psycho BFF. Now, I watched a little bit of it, and I've watched the short of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about this as well. It looks like a very, very interesting, exciting <laughs> thriller. 
Yeah, so um, that one, um, I got through Constance, my manager. She got me that audition, and um, and I booked. Um, I booked. I did a callback for that one. I didn't book straight off the tape, but I did the self tape first, and then went in for the callback. And I actually had originally read for the role of Olivia, who was the main character, but they ended up going a different direction with her look and everything. But they still wanted to cast me, so they cast me as her best friend, Liberty, who. She basically kills in the beginning. I don't really think that's a spoiler because it happens within the first five minutes. <laughs> so, you know, it is kind of the premise of it. So, yeah, I'm only in about the first five minutes or so. And then I have um, a few other little bits later on. But it was a small role, but it was still really fun. And um, funnily enough, completely unrelated, which is so crazy because I did get this through my management. The um, the DP of that was also Dante. All so, right. Yeah, it was completely unrelated. So it was so crazy. I got the role and then we all, cause like he works with a lot of the same people, a lot of the same crew. And um, and I realized with, you know, talking to my friends, wait, what movie are you working on soon? Oh, I, that's, that's the movie I'm working Oh, wow. <laughs> No, it was just this total happenstance kind of thing. It was so crazy. And yeah, it was uh, Dante, who was the DP, Dave Minotio, who was um, the camera guy on Fear Farm as well, and also then was at, on Psycho BFF. A bunch of the ACs and like all the camera department was the same as Fear Farm. So it was just like, oh, I get to see all my friends again. How <laughs> That's so cool. And, and networking as well obviously means that you're all sort of, but is it a coincidence or is it like, you know what? That was totally a coincidence. That was yeah. so wild. Like that that was just really interesting. But but I mean definitely the fact that it say I, I got called in for Ray for Rancala was definitely a networking thing because if I didn't know Dante, I you know, probably I wouldn't have gotten that call. Yeah, absolutely. So as we were talking about a little bit before, you've had some roles coming up. So in the future, uh what does the what does the future hold for Tiana? Post-COVID. <laughs> Post-COVID, man. I mean, I, I, I don't know because I, don't, I can't tell the future. But what I hope is that, you know, once more roles start becoming available, I would really love to get into, um, you know, some TV. I'd like to get on a series if I could. I think that would be a really amazing experience to, you know, work with the same cast for an extended period of time would be really cool. You know, those are just the things that I would like to do. But... That's the thing about this industry is that you never know what's coming next. Yes. As far as what I know is coming next, it's that short film that I'm going to be doing with my friend um, in December. And um, and past that, it's just kind of getting right. through this crazy time and kind of continue to audition and see what see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe part two of, a, of another movie, maybe. Perhaps. There could maybe be a sequel to something. Who knows? <laughs> keep in mind. Keep in, keep in <laughs> Look out for that. So <laughs> what would you say? I've had some uh, people from Australia, actors from Australia and uh, actors from the US, just and from England as well, just waiting for their big break, waiting for, you know, wanting to do it, but it's not quite there, just doing short little – so. What advice would you give to uh, someone that that's in training or that's on the sort of like the brink of like 
wanting to get into Hollywood, you know? I mean, what I, I think what I would say is nobody has the same journey, you know, that like, don't compare yourself to other actors who are maybe your same age range, your same type or whatever. And are, you know, these big stars because just because they got their start at, you know, 15 doesn't mean that you can't get your start at 25 or 35 or 45, you know, I, I think that's something I've had to remind myself a lot because it's really easy to be like, oh, but like this girl is younger than me and she's doing so much better. Like, what am I doing wrong? It's like, actually, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just on a completely different path. And that is absolutely okay. And as long as you just keep on doing your work, keep on honing your craft, like just that is very important. You know, don't just sit around and wait for the next thing to happen. You have to keep on acting, you know, even if it's just class, anything, just to keep your your muscles going. It's like being an athlete, you know, if you don't practice, you're gonna, you're not gonna be ready for the big game. That's right. Yeah, for the big call up. Uh, Mm -hmm. I noticed that you've also been a part of the film clip as well, like a musical, musical video clip. Oh, yes. Yeah, recently. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So that is so exciting and awesome. My best friend and roommate, Shannon, um, she goes by Money as her musical artist name. She's an incredible musician. I mean, I really think that she's gonna be something to keep looking out for her because she is awesome. She just came out with her first single, All The Way Down, and I I got to be part of the music video for it, um, which was really, really fun. I got to basically play her um, because we put me in the same wig and outfit that she was in earlier in the music video was this whole kitschy thing. Her whole thing is, you know, kind of campy, fun, not taking yourself too seriously, but like she's singing about, you know, being really sad, but in this super catchy pop way. And it's so awesome. And um, that was a really awesome project to get to be part of. And it was just us and um, our friends who are, you know, filmmakers and artists who just put this together totally on our own dime slash, you know, free. And it was, it turned out to be a really amazing video that I think everyone should totally go check out for the video and the song, because she's awesome. So give us uh, just a plug, a shout out to where you can see that film clip. So if you want to watch the All The Way Down music video, you should go to YouTube, type in money, M-U-N-N-Y, All The Way Down music video, and you should be able to find it. And if for some reason it doesn't show up, go onto Instagram, go to Money Music, which is um, Shannon's handle. It's M-U-N-N-Y, M-U-S-I-C. And if and it, the link is in her bio there, and you can definitely get it from there. And also follow her because she's great. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And finally, let's talk about anything that you want to promote. Uh, obviously, your film and uh, your social medias. Yeah. Um. So I mean, definitely everyone that likes horror comedies, Fear Farm is really, really awesome. I'm super proud of it, and uh, it's called Fear Farm with like a PH Farm. So you know, you yes. can be typo otherwise. But Fear Farm, <laughs> totally check it out. It's perfect for spooky season. And then as far as my Instagram, it's uh, Tiana, T-I-A-N-A underscore T-U-T-T-L-E. And you can totally follow me there and see what I'm up to. Awesome. Absolutely. All right, Tiana, before we go, I just asked a couple of like quick, short questions. And you just give me uh, the first answer that sort of comes into your mind. And then we'll finish it off from there. All right. 
Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Can I get your top three uh, musical artists? Ooh, um, Lady Gaga, um, Money, my best friend. Um, <laughs> I'm really into Dua Lipa right now. Awesome. That's great. And do you have, is there one or a couple of inspiring new actors uh, that uh, you could recommend besides yourself? New actors, as in like people that I personally know or yes, kind of yes. level with me. Yeah, well, people. I, mean, I think Emily is great. Emily Sweet. She. We've obviously worked on two films together, and I really love her. Um, and you know, totally check out her stuff. My friend Kennedy C. Hall, who I'm doing this short film with in December. She's a phenomenal actress. She doesn't have too much work out there at the moment, but. I swear she's going to be something big because she is one of the most talented actresses I've seen ever. Like, she's incredible. Yeah, right. And your three top all-time favorite movies. Ooh, ooh, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult one. I think I would say Moulin Rouge is one of the movies that I was obsessed nice. with when nice. I younger and I, it's totally just a part of like me growing up you know and so I think that has to be one of them just because it is I just loved it so much and definitely got me wanting to continue to be an actress 1917 that just came out last year was yes. mind-blowing and so phenomenal I I that was that was one of those movies where I sat in the theater afterwards and was just floored you yes. know and then and then I would say Black Swan because Black Swan was another one of those movies where when I finished watching it, I was just so like, you know, you're when you watch a really good movie, it's like your molecules change, you know, yeah. like you feel this thing in you. You're like, whoa. And and that was one of those movies that that did that to me. And um, yeah, so I think those would be some of the top three. There's some pretty good movies right there. Uh, yeah. Three top destinations that you've been to in the world. Okay, um, let's see. I would say definitely Scotland. It was yes. totally one of my favorites. So amazing. I know it's kind of cliche, but Italy was so awesome. I just love Italy. The food. Dude, <laughs> oh, there's the food. And the history, too. I'm total history buff. So yeah, the, the history is amazing there. And then mm, I would say Laos. Laos was absolutely incredible. Yes. I went to Laos. My parents, um, gosh, what was that, a couple years ago? And it was it was such a phenomenal trip. It's a beautiful country, amazing people. Oh, my gosh, now I keep wanting to go because <laughs> of like all of these other places. But I'm like, wait, but this one and this one and this yes. one. Oh, Tiana, everywhere, you know, I've traveled to Southeast Asia a lot and I've lived in Shanghai and uh, oh. everybody says you must go to Laos. It's gorgeous, and yes. it's and the food is amazing. The, I mean, just the culture is is yes. phenomenal. I highly suggest it. I actually had the coolest experience. I got to go to a Laos wedding at this like little oh, farm wow. town, like in the middle of nowhere, because we had this guide on a hike who invited us to his cousin's wedding, and so <laughs> we went, and it was so weird, you know the definitely the only Westerners there and it was, and they had us like dancing with them and they're, you know, we drank so much loud beer. It was, <laughs> <a lot. laughs> but yeah, it was, I, 
I just love that country so much. What an experience. Wow. Yeah. Right. And finally, uh, who is your biggest hero slash inspiration? I would say Michelle Williams. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I've loved everything she does. And she she really gives it all. You know, she really gives it her all. And I respect her so much as an actress and would absolutely die to work with her someday. <laughs> If she's watching, <laughs> right? Hey, Michelle, what's up? <laughs> Thank you so much, Tiana. Truly inspiring. The your career is here, and it's just gonna go like that. And I can't wait to watch it and and continue to see you grow. Make sure you put Australia on your list of places to come. Oh, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. And, uh, yeah, all the best for the future. Thank you so much, Craig. It was really great talking to you. Not a worries. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor burn free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com.